How many knows that love is one of the main themes of the Bible? From Genesis all the way to Revelation, one of the main themes of Scripture and what he is trying to get across to us, his people, concerning love. How many knows that love comes from God? It comes from God. How many knows that God himself is love? He is love. Why did he send a Savior? Love. John 3.16 told us that, for God so loved the world, right, that he gave his only begotten Son. He so loved the world that he gave, even though the world was in a mess. And even though sometimes this world we think is still in a mess, he still loves us anyway. God loves you. He always has, and He always will. If you've got your Bibles, turn me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, known as the love chapter. We're going to look at that this morning. Jesus is God's expression of love to us. We find that everywhere that He went, that He was loving people. Love. God is love. John 4 and 8 says this, He who does not love God or does not love, does not know God, for God is love, for God is love. Really, when you think about that scripture, and you keep going to 1 Corinthians 13, we're going to get there, that that really should be no surprise to us when we think about love, because the Bible says so. Why, Why did God send us a Savior? We know that it was love. We know it was love. God so loved the world, as the scripture said. He so loved the world, and he tried to express that love to you and I in the form of his son. He came as God in the flesh. He didn't have to, but he left his throne anyway. He come down to love us, just simply to love us. Hebrews 1 and 3 says, the son reflects God's glory and everything about him represents God exactly. Think about that one more time. The son, talking about Jesus, reflects God's own glory. And everything about him represents God exactly. So then we can say then, so if God is love and if Jesus is the exact representation of God to us, then we can really safely say and we we ought to get it out of our mind any other thing other than that Jesus is love. He's love. He's love. Jesus is God. The Bible talked about in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And God, the Son can be described by the most powerful word that we ever use today. Sometimes we, well, actually a lot of times we misuse it. But it is a powerful word, and that word is love. He represents love to you and I. He represents love. Whenever you see the word love, whenever you see the word charity in Scripture, we, we can actually put the name of Jesus there. Amen? He can put the name of Jesus there. Look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Very familiar Scripture, but, but think about this. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. In other words, you're just making a bunch of noise. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, But have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. 
Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. It thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. I'm about to say all things. <laughs> we'll let that set in just a little bit. Love bears all things. We're not talking the grizzly bear. We're talking about things that maybe you have to put up with. This is a good preaching spot right here. Things we have to deal with on a daily basis. Things we have to contend with. Things that may not necessarily be our fault, but it comes our way. Love bears all things. Believes all things, it hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I'm not going to preach on that scripture, but that's a good one to preach on right there too. Because we have a world of babies acting. Hmm. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. Now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. I want to read that scripture one more time to you. Say, oh, Pastor, you just got through reading. Why do you want to read it again? I want to read it in a different way. I want you to think about this just a little bit. We just got through saying that everything that we know about God, He is love, right? He is, God. He is love. So if we know that to be a fact, and if He is the expression of love, then we can safely say that Jesus Himself also is love because He is God as well, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He didn't have to leave his throne, but he came down and he left the throne anyway. He became as a little infant baby. He became like you and I. He suffered like you and I. He, he understood all the, all the temptations. He understood all the hurts and the pains that maybe you and I have went through, but yet he did not sin. He was sinless. But he came to show us, simply show us, his love for you and I. We know the end of the story. He finally went to the cross for us, right? He bled. He died. He was resurrected. But he loves us. Why don't you think about it this way? Though I speak with the tongues, don't, don't read it in the scripture, don't you just listen to me this morning. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I have not Jesus, then I've become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but if I have not Jesus, then I'm not nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but if I have not Jesus, it profits me nothing. Jesus suffers long. Yes, he did. And he's kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not parade itself. He is not puffed up. 
does not behave rudely, does not seek his own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does no, not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Jesus never fails. Amen. But where there's prophecies, they're going to let you down. Where there's tongues, there's going to cease. Where there's knowledge, it's going to vanish away. We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But hey, hey, I've grown up. I've become a grown man. I've become a grown lady. And I've put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, and then I shall know just as I am known, and now by faith, hope, and Jesus. These three, but the greatest of these is Jesus. <laughs> well, let's go to the house. I mean, really, if you can take that home with you, and if you really, honestly, genuinely apply that to your heart and your soul today, then we've, we've accomplished what we need to accomplish today, right? God is love. Jesus is love. He loves you today. He always has. And he always will. If you don't have Jesus, then you really can't say that you've got a genuine, lasting love. You've got an artificial love. But you don't have a genuine, lasting love. If you don't have love, you certainly don't have Jesus. 1 John 4 and 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for God is of love, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for cause God is love. And in this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, then God abides in us, and His love has perfected has been perfected in us amen because it all deals with love it all deals with love now i want to go back here a little bit and i want you to look at first corinthians 13 chapter 4 verse 7 with me i want you to listen to me i'm going to use my name and but i want you to use your name as well say pastor you sure are reading this scripture a lot i want you to get it today i want us to get it think about this we know that we're talking about love. We know if you don't have Jesus in your heart, you really can't say you've got love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 says this. Pastor Danny is patient. Now, I'm so glad Karen's not here today. She's at home watching Mildred. She may be listening to me online. At least she better be. She is? Okay, thank you. Pastor Danny is patient. But I want you to put your name there. I want you to think about this, church. I, I know I'm, I'm a little different today, but I really want you to think about this. Jeanette is patient. Sue is patient. <laughs> okay. Pastor Danny is patient. Pastor Danny is kind. Pastor Danny does not envy. Pastor Danny does not boast. Pastor Danny is not proud. 
Pastor Danny is not rude. Pastor Danny is self-seeking, and I can just see some of your mind. Yeah, right. Don't look at me. Call your name. You're getting off track this morning. Stay on track. Pastor Danny is not easily angered. Pastor Danny keeps no record of wrongs. Pastor Danny does not delight in evil, but he rejoices in the truth. Pastor Danny always protects, always trusts. He always hopes. He always perseveres. What do you think about this? We've got to remember sometimes who we are in Christ and the difference that he has made in our hearts. I'm not the old man I used to be. You're not the old person that you used to be, right? Many of you could testify of that. You're not that old person that you used to be, and it's simply because of the love of Christ. It's all because of his love. I'm not who I used to be. I don't talk like I used to talk. I don't think like I used to think. I don't look like I used to look. I don't carry myself the way I used to because the love of Christ has moved into my spirit. I know sometimes I get to feeling like, well, he don't love me anymore. We all get to thinking that sometimes because of who we are. Sometimes we have this low self-image of who we are in Christ. But can I tell you this morning, can I tell you, God loves you today. He always has, and he always will. He always will. He always will love you. You've got to remember who you are. His love is made and can make in our hearts. We are able to love because he first loved us. Amen. We love because he first loved us. Amen. We love because of that. I told this story several months ago in a message. I can't remember when it was, but I want to retell it this morning. For some of you who may have not listened to it, it's a great illustration of what I'm talking about concerning love this morning. There was a story about a man by the name of Doug Nichols. Doug Nichols was a missionary, and he went to India to be a missionary there. But while he was there, starting to study the language, he became infected with tuberculosis, and he had to be put in a sanatorium while he was there in India. It's not a very good place to be in. It's not a clean place. Conditions were very difficult because there were so many sick people that were there. But Doug decided to do the best thing that he could in that situation. He went to be a minister. He had went to be a missionary. And so he took a bunch of Christian books and a, a bunch of Christian tracts and tried to witness the other patients in that, in that sanitarium. But when he tried to pass out the tracts, they, they were rejected. Nobody took his tracts or his books. Nobody wanted them. He tried to hand out books, but nobody would take them. He tried to witness, but nobody wanted to listen to him. He, he was handicapped because of his inability to communicate to their language, and he felt so discouraged of why he was there. God, why did you bring me to this place to be a missionary, and I've come down with this disease, and I've had to be in this place. I'm ineffective. I can't minister to nobody. And here he was was and because of this illness he would be there a long time but it seemed like the work that he had been uh, sent to do and and, and, and he, while he was there nobody would listen to him at all because of his tuberculosis every night about two o'clock in the morning he would wake up with a chronic coughing and he would quit then one night he woke up and he noticed across the room this old man trying to get out of bed and he said this old man would roll himself up into a little ball and he would teeter back and forth trying to get the momentum to set himself up to get out of the bed. But he just couldn't do it because of his weak condition. And after several attempts, the old man just laid back and he began to weep night after night, Doug Nichols said. The next morning, Doug understood why the man was weeping. 
he was trying to get up to go to the bathroom, and he didn't have enough strength to go to the bathroom. And so then his bed was a mess that morning, and there was a smell in the air. And after a while, the other patients began to make fun of this old man. And the nurses had to come and clean up his bed, and, if, and they weren't kind to him either. In fact, one of them even slapped him in the face, the story goes. And the old man just day after day would lay there and weep and cry. And Doug said, I've made up my mind. I'm going to do my best to do something about that situation. The next night, about 2 in the morning, I started coughing again, he said. I looked across the way, and there was the old man trying to get out of bed one more time. I really didn't want to do it. I wasn't strong enough to do it. But somehow, he said, I managed to get up, and I managed to walk across where that old man was to try to help him stand up. But when I helped him stand up, he was too weak to stand up. And he said, I took him in my arms, and I carried him like a baby. He was so light that it wasn't a difficult task at all. I took him into the bathroom, which was nothing more than a dirty hole in the floor, he said. And I stood behind him, and I cradled him in my arms, and he took care, and I took care of, of this old man. And then I carried him back to the bed, and I laid him down. And as I turned to leave, he reached up, and he grabbed my face, and he pulled me down close, and he kissed me on the cheek, and he simply said, thank you. Doug said the next morning, he said there were patients that was waiting when I got up, and they asked if they could read some books that I had brought. They asked if they could read some tracts that I had bought. Others came to ask questions about this God that I talked about, this God that I worshiped, and His only begotten Son who came into the world to, to, to die for their sins. And he sat there for the next few weeks and he gave out all the literature that I had that he brought and many of the doctors and nurses and patients in that sanitarium came to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And he began to scratch his head and said, Lord, what in the world did I do? I didn't do anything. I just simply helped an old man to the bathroom. I can't communicate their language. I didn't have a great lesson to give them. They wouldn't listen to me anyway. I didn't have wonderful things to offer. All I did was take an old man to the bathroom. You know what he done? He showed love. He showed love. You don't know what love is? It's just getting down, like these last three services that we've been talking about, getting down to the bones of people. Getting where they are. They ain't going to smell like you smell. They ain't going to look like you look. They're not going to talk like you talk. But it's getting down with the bones to where people are. Humanity is that's suffering and hurting today. And show the love of Christ. That's what we're supposed to do, church. If God showed enough love for me, Brother Reigns, to set me free of my sin, shouldn't I tell somebody about the love of Christ? If the Lord Jesus came and saved me from hell and put me on a path that I need to, can I just tell somebody, just somebody in my lifetime about the love of Jesus Christ? Oh, yeah, they may shut the door in your face and they may slap you on the face. They may do whatever, but at least they're going to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, listen, people, you, you, the old cliche, people don't, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care is really true. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and I have not love, I'm only a surrounding gong or clanging cymbal. All of these words, all of these good deeds in the world, they become meaningless without love. They become meaningless without love. So the question comes to mind, have we received the kind of love that changes us? Have we received the love that he's given us that totally transforms our life? Or do we have a mere imitation of that love? 
that he's given us? Do we enjoy coming to church just to cry some crocodile tears and get our feel-good feeling better? Or has it really, honestly changed who we are? When people look at you, do they say, hey, I, don't, I want to be like them? Because they've got something I ain't got. They've got a quality I don't have. They've got something. I, I may not can pinpoint it. I may not know what it is, but they've got something that I want. And really what they're looking for is love today. They're looking for love today. I, I, I don't have time this morning to talk about all the different cultures that's going on in our society today. But can I tell you, when it gets down to the brass, knack, uh, brass uh, 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 whatever, knuckles, wherever I'm trying to try, whatever I'm trying to say. When it gets down to the where the rubber meets the road, you know what I'm talking about. They're simply looking for love. People are looking for love. They need love today. Not just imitation love. Not just an imitation kind of love. Not a fake love. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I don't mean to bring my granddaughter here, but when I tell her I love her, I'm not, I'm not being fake. I really do love her. When you tell your kids you love them, you're not being fake about it. You love them. You honestly love them. It's not imitation. It's not nothing fake. You love them. You would die for them. You would lay your life down. That's the kind of love that Jesus has given us. Have we ever, ever received the kind of love that changes us? Has, have we received the kind of love that never gives up? Hmm. I want to tell you something. There's some folks, Brother Roger, I've known in my past, but, and, 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 and I've had these thoughts, Lord, I don't, I don't want to call them anymore. Because they ain't listening to me anyway. Can I, is, that, is that okay? Can I just be honest with you this morning? But the Lord told us, never give up. Never give up. And have to bring me back into subjection sometimes. The Lord says, never give up. I know they look like they ain't listening to you. I know they look like they're not hearing you. I know it looks like that it's hopeless in their situation. But continue to speak love into their heart. Speak love into their life. Not always been successful with that. I've failed many times, just as you have probably. But Lord, help me remember that never... Do I have the kind of love that never gives up? Do I have the kind of love that never runs out? Have I received the love that enables us to love God and love others as well, even though they may be different than me? God is love. Jesus is God in the flesh. So God loved the world, gave his only son, that whosoever believes on him would not perish but have eternal life. Have you received the expression of God's love today? Are you sitting here today, whether you're in the balcony or on this main floor, have, have you received the expression of God's love in your heart today? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you understand this love that he's trying to give you today? I, think, I really do think if we really get it, if we understand the, the depth that he went to find us, whew, if we understand the breath that he went to locate our situation and locate our place of where we were in our spirit man, Sister Mavis, then, boy, our love would grow even that much more because he loves us that, that deep. He loves us that breath. He loves us no matter where we've come from, no matter what we've done, no matter the anguish that we may have put him through. He loves us anyway. He loves us anyway. That's why I can boldly stand up here and say, listen, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're missing the best part of your life. 
If you don't know him, you don't know love today. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know love today. There were some girls in early in my, in my dating life that I thought I loved. I didn't know what I was talking about. Didn't have a clue. You've heard me tell this story about mama sometime. Mama was good about understanding who, who these girls I was bringing home. And I'd bring one or two of them home, Brother Scotty. She said, she ain't no good. I said, Mama, you don't know her. I may not know her, but I know her kind. And it wasn't she was trying to belittle this person. She, she didn't want this person in my life. You understand what I'm trying to say? But I love her. Oh, you do not. You don't have a clue what love is. Don't have a clue what love is. And she was right again. Isn't it amazing how mamas and daddies are right most of the time? I used to think they don't know nothing. They don't know anything, but they do. It's, it's amazing how you change after you get older. And then I try to tell my kids something. They think I don't know nothing. One day you'll grow up. One day you'll really understand what love really is. But have we received God's greatest expression of love? And that's Jesus. John 1.11 says this, He came to that which was His own. Think about this. And His own did not receive Him. I can't think of nothing more detrimental to me as a dad to go to my kids and they disown me. And they don't want nothing to do with me. I, wouldn't, I, I, don't, know how I, would, I don't know how I would feel if they didn't want to embrace me, Brother Reigns, and love on me. And allow me to love on them. But some of you that's sitting here today, you possibly may be in that situation today. You may be in the situation where you don't have a good relationship with your family. It's hard. It's hurtful. I understand what you're going through. Well, really, I don't. But I understand the anguish maybe that you may be feeling. But he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I just got through saying? For those of you that love him, for those of you today that has recognized him, for those of you that has, has understood the fact that, Lord, you came to live in my life, he has given you the right to become children today of Almighty God. That's why he came, so that you could be loved and so that you could give love. God gifted you with relationship. He gifted you by giving and receiving love that will last forever. God loves you today. He always has, and he always will. My question to you is this, when are you going to give in and accept his love? When are you going to give in? Some of you need to understand what I'm fixing to say. Quit trying to earn God's favor. Just quit it. Quit trying to earn God's favor and love. He already loves you. He already has. Ain't nothing you got to do. Ain't, no, ain't nothing you got to do to earn his, his love. He already loves you. He already loves you today. Hallelujah. He already loves you. Quit trying to earn his favor. Think back with me early on in Scripture. Adam and Eve, they got into trouble one day by eating the fruit. But God still loved them. Think about it. Noah got into trouble one day when he uncovered himself. But God still loved him. Moses got into trouble one day when he, when he smote the rock instead of talked to it. But God still loved him. 
What's your excuse? David, the man after God's own heart, got into trouble one day and he had to undergo and live out the consequences of his actions. But God still loved him. Peter got into trouble one day when he denied Christ. He listened to the rooster crow. He came to him and said, this is, I've done exactly what he said I was going to do. He went out and he wept bitterly. He repented, in other words. But the point I want to get to you is that God still loved him. God still loved him. Listen, church, I, I don't know what you've done. I don't know where you've been necessarily. But you're here today, and you need to hear my words today. God loves you today. Pastor, that's simple. I've been told that my whole life. Then why, how, why haven't you got it yet? It is simple. But once we get it, it'll make a change in our heart. Our life will change. Our relationship with the Lord will change. There's some of you this morning, you've been treating the Lord like he's the stepchild. I'm not trying to be ugly today. I'm just trying to get us to understand he loves you today. He loves you today. Don't put him in a room somewhere. Don't lock the door on him and unlock it just when you need him to show up. Don't set him on the sidelines somewhere and say, so you sit there and be, behave like a good little fella until I come and get you up. Uh-uh. Do you understand? He's a jealous God. He loves you just like you are. What are you talking about, Pastor? He loves me in all my stuff. He loves me in all my junk. He loves me in all my failures. He loves me in all my, my successes. He loves me no matter what. Now, don't misunderstand me. Just because he loves you no matter what does not mean you need to live no matter what. Okay, is that all right? There is some changes we need to make. There's some changes in our life. We need to, we need to change some things. Our walk has got to be different. Our talk's got to be different. We've got to reciprocate this love. I will tell you, if, if I didn't treat Karen real good and give her back the love that she may be giving me, it won't be long to see you. There's a problem there. We've got to sit down and talk about this thing. Because if you keep treating me like a stepchild, you keep treating me like, like an abused lady, you keep treating me like this, that, and the other, I'm not staying with you. And that's another sermon in itself. But you understand my point. We love. We love. We love one another. Even in the midst of our fussing sometimes. Oh, I know none of y'all do that, but we do. Even in the midst of our arguing sometimes. I know none of you other husbands and wives do that, but me and Karen, we, we, we even argue a little bit sometimes. There's times she's just not right. I'm trying to get her to understand that. Ain't worked so far. No, nine times out of ten, I ain't right. You understand what I'm saying? But we love one another. We care for one another. Look, the Lord's relationship, He loves you. And even though he loves you doesn't mean we got to act just any old stinking way. He loves us. And he wants us to love him back today. All heads bowed and eyes closed real quick. I want to ask you something, church. You in the balcony, you on this main floor. Do you love him? Do you love him like you need to love him today? Do you love him like he loves you today? 
Is there any regret in your life today because of the love dial is not metered real high today? He loves you today. He died for you. He's not asking you to go out and die on the cross for him. It's not what he's asking you to do. He already done that. God loves you. He always has. He always will. Even in the midst of our difficulty, even in the midst of our pain, even in the midst of all the circumstances that we've said that, that's going on in our life, He still loves us today. If you'd be honest with yourself, you'd say, Pastor, I need God's love today. I need His love like never before. There's just some things going on in my life. There's some issues in my life, maybe not on my own, but I've let Him down somehow in some way. And I want to feel His love again in my life. If that's you, I just want to ask you to get up from where you are and get out of this altar today. I want to spend some time praying with you today. We've got plenty of time. I've, got, I've let you out early today or fixing the clothes here early enough because of this right here. I want to spend some time with my Lord today. I just want to reiterate to Him that, Father, I love you today. I'm lost today. I've not done the right thing in my walk with him. I've messed up and I mess up royally and there's no way, Pastor, he can take me back. Oh, yes, he can. Don't you listen to the lie of the devil. Don't you listen to that lie. He loves you. And you're here for a reason today. Some of you had not been here in a while, but today you're here simply because the Lord wanted me to tell you, I love you. Hallelujah. So now what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? And if you're here and you need that love of Jesus Christ, then I want you to come. I want you to come. You may be here today and you say, Pastor, I just, I just want to go back and I just want to love on him again. I know he loves me, but I just want to come to the altar. I just want to spend some time with him today. And I want to ask you as well to come as they get ready to sing something. Don't wait on your neighbor. Please don't wait on your neighbor. If you're sitting by your spouse... And you just want to go, bring your spouse with you. Bring a friend with you. Just spend some time together. I promise you, it'll be the best few minutes of your life. Knowing that he loves you today. When he loves you today. I want to ask everybody in the house to stand with me, if you will. As you stand, I want you to come. Let it, listen to this little song that Sister Michelle's going to sing. If you're here today, if you need him to come, come today in Jesus' name.